to him. We are, we are moving as directed by 1 Corinthians 10. We are moving to Exodus 32. Among the admonitions in 1 Corinthians 10 was this one. We skipped over it as we made our way through that passage because we knew this, this would take a, a good deal of time. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And we discussed the desire for play and for pleasure, but we, we did not address this statement, neither be idolaters as were some of them. And the idolatry and the dreadful failure spoken of there took place while Moses was on the holy mountain obtaining the law of God on the tables of stone. And the Holy Spirit bid each New Testament Christian to revisit that scene and be strongly admonished by what took place there. And so we're going to travel back to that place and that time and see what we can see. Exodus 32, verse 1. The Bible says, And... When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt." And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And there rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people. (laughs) You can have them. Thy people. Which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt. I'm done with them have corrupted themselves, they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, now you know Moses, could he couldn't have hardly believed what God was telling him if God hadn't been the one to say it. You, you, you couldn't have thought such a thing possible. The Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why dost thy wrath wax hot against thy people, 
which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say for mischief he, uh, did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. And Moses turned. And went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There's a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not the noise of them that shout for mastery. Neither is the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now, what you heard the first 20 minutes we were together here tonight was singing, but it wasn't noise. There are places you can hear noise that is called singing. And that's what was going on at the foot of this mountain. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. Moses didn't understand why God was so angry until Moses saw for himself and then he understood exactly why uh, God felt as he did. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? I mean, surely they put a bow and arrow to your head. How, How did they force you to do this? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people, that they are set on mischief. Now, it'll be several weeks before we get to that verse of Scripture, but you know know what you have. You have a leader of the people who insisted that they follow God. And then you had a leader of the people who was willing to give the people what they wanted instead of what God wanted. And you say what you want, but we're all better under the right kind of leadership. And, and we're, we're all the worse when we have the wrong kind of leadership. By nature, by nature, by, by the desire of our flesh, we're not inclined to go the right way without motivation and encouragement and prompting and leadership. And and, and he said, verse 23, they said unto me, make us gods. Well, then you just rebuke them. You don't go along with it. But uh, Aaron was kind of, he was user, uh, seeker friendly. Make us gods which should go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And I said unto them, whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me, then I cast it in the fire And there came out this calf. (laughs) Now, you'd expect that from a five-year-old, but not from the assistant pastor. (laughs) And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Okay, as, as this whole thing unfolds, 
There's a desire for an idol. There is the making of an idol. There is the worship of an idol. There is sacrifice to an idol. There is dancing before an idol. There is public group nakedness before the idol. That's, that's what you read. Okay, now keep your finger right there. Come to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians 10 and verse number 7, Neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 11, Now all these things happen unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand to take heed, lest he fall. There are no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Verse 14, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from what happened in Exodus 32. Flee from idolatry. Okay, now, we're going to say this, then we're going to pray, and then we're, we're going to get through one verse of Exodus 32 tonight, maybe. We might get through one verse, but, but maybe. Okay, so, what God just said to me, I read it in the Bible. I'm not talking about hearing voices. What God just said to me and what God just said to you is that you don't believe that you would ever go from worshiping God to public nakedness. And that's why you need the Bible because you don't believe what God knows to be true of every single one of us. See, we say, we say, well, I would never do that, and we point to the end of the road. But the Lord says our willingness to get on the road in the first place shows that we have a desire to go a direction other than the one He has chosen for us. And we imagine that I can get on the wrong road and then govern myself so that I will not go too far down that road or I will get off that road when it, when it gets really bad. And the Lord says the fact that you chose that road to start with shows you cannot govern yourself. Not properly, not scripturally, not correctly. Now, I have no I have no names or persons in mind right now, and I'm not even trying to search for any. But every one of you knows someone that sang the hymns you sang tonight with you in this church that was as enthusiastic for the preaching of the Bible from this pulpit as you are tonight, who left because they no longer desired what was being proclaimed, and no longer desired what was being sung, and bitterly, and, and with, with great offense, objected to the warning that when you take yourself out from under the preaching and teaching the Word of God, you will fall so far into sin. Uh, how dare... And, and now... 
Two years later, three years later, four years later, five years later, it's even worse than you warned them it would be. You know why? Because people continue to think the Bible doesn't apply to me. What the Bible says won't happen in my life. The warnings of the Word of God are, I'm I'm a special exception because I love the Lord. You loving the Lord is not a substitute for obedience to the Word of God. And it's really a shame some of the things that we encounter in the town in which we live in the lives of people who once had a glowing testimony and a vibrant profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And now they're not ashamed of public nakedness. And now they're not ashamed of dancing before golden calves. And now they're not ashamed of music that is, that is but noise. And now they're not ashamed of the idolatry in their life. And And we're not here to talk about them tonight. We're here to understand that growing up in or sitting in or learning the Bible in or graduating from from school in this church does not give you an exemption from the word obedience to the Word of God. If, If we turn from the right way, then we can only be in one in one other place the wrong way. So people say, well, I don't want to walk that way anymore. I'm going to do some, something different. There aren't ten other options. There's the narrow road and there's the broad road. And when you get off the narrow road, you are on the broad road, which leadeth to destruction. And people think, well, you know, I'm on this road, but I'm not going to destruction. That's the only place it goes. That's where the broad road goes. Jesus didn't say the broad road that leads to a number of different options. He said the broad road leads to destruction. All right, now let's, let's pray together. Father, help us tonight. Help us to know that we need help. Help us, Lord, to, to appreciate that you've given us these examples and, and set this forth before us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to come to Hebrews 12, and then we'll go back to Exodus 32. Hebrews 12. Moses has gone into Mount Sinai in Arabia to receive the law on the tables of stone written by the finger of God. We we read that. And the people are at the foot of the mountain with Aaron, and and Moses is up there for 40 days. That's, That's just under six weeks, if my math is correct. That's not a long time. 40 days. They are... Less than 60 days from Passover, when God delivered them after 430 years of slavery, God wrought nine unmistakable, earth-changing, supernatural wonders that touched the Egyptians and did not touch the Hebrews. They saw all of that. On Passover night, the firstborn in every Egyptian household was slain. No, no Israelites perished because of the blood of the Lamb. 
They come out of Egypt. They're, they're on the way to the promised land. They come to the Red Sea. They can't cross. God parts the Red Sea waters. They walk through. Pharaoh's army following. The Red Sea waters come over them again. and dry. They saw all that. And now they've come to the foot of Mount Sinai. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse 18... For ye are not come, this is us, ye are not come unto the mount which that, that might be touched. They did. This is, this, is, this is their situation. The mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. You remember the burning bush? Moses is out in the wilderness and the bush is on fire and burning, but it's not consumed. The children of Israel are camped at the base of a mountain and the mountain is on fire. It's not a volcano. There, there's, not, there's not ash spewing up into the air. There's not molten lava running down the sides of the mountain and burning them up. The mountain is on fire. The earth is shaking beneath their feet. They are, they are in the midst of a, of a 40-day earthquake. The mountain is on fire. The, 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 the cloud of God's glory is over top of them. And as the Lord speaks to Moses and gives the word at the foot of the mountain, they can hear his voice like the sound of a trumpet. And with the ground shaking and the mountain burning and the trumpet voice of God sounding, they come to Aaron and say, how about make us a God? You say, that's unbelievable. It's impossible. The miracles they saw in Egypt, the deliverance from bondage, the crossing of the Red Sea, and now looking up at the mountain and feeling the ground and hearing the sound. And You know what the Lord said? If with all of that experience, they could go so bad so fast... Are you not willing to pay attention to the Word of God? Are you not willing to take heed to the warning? Because I've never seen any of those things. Man, you get up tomorrow and the, and the ground's not shaking under your feet. There's nothing on fire around about you. you got the Word of God in the Bible, but it's not blasting like a trumpet in your living room. Man, with all that going on, if you could just act like there wasn't a God... <laughs> You could imagine that you need to take your puny hands and your silly earrings and make a God? With all of that happening? Oh, what about us? What about you? What about me? Man, I need to stay in this Bible. I need to stay in church. I, I need to repent when I'm not doing right. And I need to rejoice in the Lord when I... I'm doing right. I need to stay close to God's people and listen to the preaching of God's word. Do what it says. <laughs> Whew. All right, Exodus 32. Exodus 32. 
Verse 1, good place to start a chapter, Exodus 32, 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, says who? What do you mean he delayed? Now, if he had said, I'm going up there for four days, and it turned into seven days. If he had said, I'm going up there for a week, and it turned into uh, to two weeks. If he just said, I'm going up there for a month, and it turned into 40 days. But God just called him up on the mountain. He didn't delay his coming. He just didn't come as quick as they wanted him to. Some of you are way ahead of me, aren't you? He isn't late. He just didn't come in their timetable. You do know the blessed hope of the Christian is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you do know that our Lord will descend from heaven with a shout. And, and you do know that the, the saved, the believer, we caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, look, we know that. But you know, I think people just, uh, well, they, he didn't come as quick as they thought he would. And maybe he's not coming for a while. And maybe he's not coming at all. And if he is, it's... Probably going to be longer than I thought it would be, so let me just settle down in here and start. And, and you know what? Listen, Moses only delayed in their imagination. He didn't delay based upon any facts. And so what if he had? But they said, they said, uh, Moses delayed to come down out of the mount. Truth is, they just got, they just got tired of waiting for him. But if he did delay his coming, how, how and why would that necessitate making of another God? Well, because it seems as though the first chance they got, they were willing to replace the one they had. The Bible says, and when the people saw. So if I could just see those miracles. Yeah, but what do we learn? Sight is an unfaithful guide. Well, if I could just see the wonders that they saw in Egypt, but, but it's apparent that walking by the sight of the eyes was a poor substitute for walking by faith in God. As much as we would be thrilled to see a miracle, it seems quite possible if we saw 10 and now an 11th and then a 12th, we might just get used to seeing miracles. You know, the human heart has an amazing ability to adapt and to adjust. You, you, could, you could say these aren't miracles, but you say that because of the time in which you live. My, my wife's father went to be with the Lord just a few years ago. He, at the age of 91... He said, in, in, listen, in his lifetime, Shelby, North Carolina, where he grew up, he saw the first automobile come to that town. He remembers the first radio coming to that town. He remembers the first airplane that flew into that town. Then the first television that came. 
than the first rocket ship going off into space. In his lifetime, he went from no electricity and no indoor plumbing to each of you having a computer in your hands with the accumulated knowledge of the, of the history of the world at the touch of a button. You know something now? For you to get on a jet airplane and fly 600 miles an hour from one destination to the other, just a trip. For you to get in a car with a radio and an air conditioner and a heater and some woman in the dashboard telling you where to turn and never saying please. What's the big deal? Everybody's got that. You got a phone, tells you when to get up in the morning, tells you how many calories you ate, tells you, tells you how long you slept. Tell you. I'm telling you, we have an ability to experience wonders that no one else has ever experienced and to be bored with them in a matter of months. And that's why if you're occupied with what God's doing and not with God... If you're occupied with the experiences that God allows you to have and not with the God of the experience, it can become as routine as just another song service and just another prayer meeting and just another sermon and just another person walking the aisle and getting baptized. Yeah, we've seen all this before. The greatest things in life and the greatest things in the Christian life are still things And we've got to be careful that we don't lose our faith in God and our joy and rejoicing in God. Because these people saw the greatest series of miracles the world ever knew till Jesus walked this earth. And it did not keep them true to the God that worked the wonders. In fact, they're making an idol in the midst of a miracle. A mountain burning and not being consumed... There it is. The Bible says in, in verse number 1, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, <laughs> the people said, or the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron. The natural tendency of most men is to follow a leader. God knows that. That's why he established leadership. He put the man as the head of the home and, 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 and so forth. The moment one leader is removed or appears to falter, people will run to another. Sadly, the majority of men will lean upon a Moses until he's gone and then fly to an Aaron as an available replacement Yet so few, few seem to ever be willing to trust the God of the leader and not just the leader. Every church needs a good pastor. But with the people of that church, when their faith and their confidence and their trust stops with the pastor and doesn't go through him to his God, Terrible, terrible results. Terrible results. And, and so, the home, in the home, the man's to be the head. The parents, the, the children, look up to those parents. 
But if their faith stops with mom and stops with dad, and mom and dad don't get that faith through them to the God of, of heaven, it's not good enough. Today, people gather to a church, to a pastor, to a denomination, to their favorite evangelist, to their internet minister who sits in his basement and, and uh, preaches to them between bites of Doritos. <laughs> but Genesis 49.10 expressed God's will. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. The people weren't supposed to gather unto Moses or unto Aaron. They were to gather with Moses unto God. With Aaron unto God. We're not supposed to be Baptists or fundamentalists or Knoxites or whatever whatever somebody calls you. We're supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ gathered unto Him. Under proper leadership, but not unto the leadership. Unto proper fellowship, but not unto the fellowship. Unto Him. Jesus expressed this desire when He wept over the city. Luke 13, 34, He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together? I would have gathered thy children together. As a hen doth gather a brood under her wings, and ye would not. They'd gather to Pharisees. They'd gather to Caesar. They'd gather to shout, give us Barabbas. They'd gather to watch Jesus crucified. They would gather to see John the Baptist baptizing and hear him preach. They, they'd gather to hear Jesus teach and, 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 and feed them. They would gather, but they wouldn't gather unto the Lord. May God help us. To find right leadership and to follow properly right leadership. But if you're gathering under the leader, that might be safe as long as Moses is the leader, but it's unsafe the moment Aaron is the leader. God is faithful, as we saw this morning. He's always a safe guide. Had the people gathered to the Lord instead of Moses... (laughs) Much error, heartache, and death could have been avoided. And while we rejoice in the good leaders God has put in our lives, listen to what the Holy Spirit says, 2 Thessalonians 2.1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. Unto Him. You should come to hear what the preacher has to say about God. You should hear, come to hear what the, Holy, uh, the, the Sunday school teacher has to teach about Jesus. Well, he's teaching. I, I don't like him as much as he's teaching. Oh, the preacher's out of town. I, you know, oh, good. Brother David will be up. He's so much nicer than Brother James. And, you know, Brother, Brother James, you know, he's, he, I learned more from him. I do, Brother David. What about God? If what you're taught gets you no farther than the man who taught you, that's dangerous ground. Moses, where's Moses? We can't find Moses anywhere. Quick, Aaron, Aaron, come here. About God. Fourth, the people said, the people saw that when the people saw, there's a problem. Moses delayed, there's a problem. He didn't delay, it's just their reckoning. 
come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, there's a problem, and said unto him up, make us gods. <laughs> you know, there's so many scriptures we could, could quote to cry out against such sin and ignorance. And we'll view some of them next time or the time after that. But these words, they're just, they're repulsive. They're hideous. I mean, it had been bad enough if they had said, up, find us another God. That would have been bad enough. But to say to a man, up, make us gods. You know, that's just stupid. I mean, really, just give it, if there's, there's a million and a half, two million, maybe three million people there. Did nobody give any thought to how ridiculous that, that idea was? Let's make us a God. Now wait, you know what, you know what that means? Maybe, maybe it wasn't ignorant. Maybe it wasn't ridiculous. Maybe the president knew exactly what he was doing. What if they didn't want a real God? What if they didn't want a living God? What if they didn't want a God who knew their thoughts? What if they didn't want a God who governed their actions? What if they didn't want a God who would govern them as surely as Pharaoh had? What if they wanted an inanimate object that did not speak or hear or judge, or condemn, or reprove, or instruct, or have a will, or have a desire for their life, what if they got exactly what they wanted? A statue. You can put him in a closet and you don't want to look at him. You can put a cloth over him when you want to do something inappropriate. If you do something terrible, he's not going to say a word about it. What if there's no mistake here? What if there's no folly here? What if that's exactly what they wanted? Well, I just can't believe that after all they saw and after... No, no, wait, no, wait, wait. I want you to think with me about something tonight. They've seen nine plagues fall on Egypt. Okay? Okay? And, and Moses comes to those people and says, God, you, you've seen his power. I mean, he's <laughs> lice, hailstones, darkness. You, you, you've seen all that? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Passover night, God is going to come through within the borders of Egypt. And he's going to kill the firstborn in every house. There's only one way out. You take a lamb, you take the blood of that lamb, and you put the blood of that lamb on the two side posts and the upper door post of your house, and God's going to come through, and when God sees the blood, He'll spare you. There'll be no death in your house if God sees the blood. Now, now wait. So we sing, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And it's great. And, and, and we, we know from the New Testament, Christ, our Passover sacrifice for us. Jesus is the Lamb of God. And the, and the blood of the Lamb saves us from destruction and hellfire. Right? Okay. 
Okay, we're all on the same page. Is it fair to say that out of one million Israelite households, a goodly number of them had only one interest? Not seeing their firstborn dead. And since the only option to save their firstborn from death was the blood of the Lamb, they put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, not because they loved God, wanted God, desired a relationship with God, because it was the only option to keep something bad from happening to them. Is that fair enough? And once their firstborn is saved from death, Oh no, the Red Sea, here they come. Now they're going to kill us. Once they are saved from death at the Red Sea, they they never had any interest in God to start with. They just didn't want the wrath to fall on them that was going to fall on the Egyptians. Come on, that's not unreasonable. Well, you tell me how many people in the United States of America had this option. You know, sir, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You believe that? Well, yeah, I'm a sinner. Well, you know, <laughs> you know the wages of sin is death. Right here, right here, the Bible says it. Hell fire for eternity. Oh, man, you don't want to burn in hell forever, do you? Well, no. Okay, well, look, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The only way you can escape hell fire is to trust Jesus Christ. Now, if you halfway believe that, and you 100% love yourself, if the only option is the Lamb of God, you're going to trust Him. If the only way to be saved from hellfire is to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to do it. And tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in the United States of America did that between the late 1940s and the, and the mid-1980s. They believed the gospel and they called on Jesus because they did not want to go to hell. I'll tell you what else they didn't want. They didn't want the Bible running their life. I'll tell you what else they didn't want. They didn't want a biblical standard of living. They didn't want a biblical set of rules and regulations. They didn't want a biblical uh, order of, of living. They didn't want a biblical order for their home. They didn't want a biblical order for their finances. And so they found a church where all they heard every single Sunday was Jesus loves you and he died on the cross and he'll save you from sin. And if you trust Jesus, you don't have to go to hell. They don't want to hear anything else. And you know what? If you offer them a God who has dancing girls and rock bands and immorality in the church house, they don't care. As long as they're not going to hell. (laughs) That God that sets mountains on fire and that God that that sends frogs into the the kitchen pantry and the refrigerator and the kneading trough and everywhere else, uh, we, we never were too keen on that God anyway. And I'm telling you, The reason people can turn so quickly away from the God who saved them is that's all they wanted, was to be saved. They never wanted a God. They just didn't want to go to hell. And I'm telling you tonight, we we look at somebody saying, look at the way they're living. They can't be saved. Of course they can be saved. They got saved because they loved themselves. And the only way to save themselves from damnation was to trust Jesus. And now they're living like they're living because they still love themselves. 
You know what they're looking for? Whether in their hometown or on their internet or on their TV. They're looking for a preacher like Aaron. That will give them a God who will never rebuke their misconduct. A God who will never interfere with their life. They want to be saved from Egypt by the blood of the Lamb. But they want an impotent, silent unknowing, unseeing, uncaring God between now and the promised land. I'm just telling you, if you want to explain the modern church and the emerging church and the church that isn't called a church and all the rest of that, I'll tell you what it is. It's Aaron giving people who wanted to be out of Egypt and took the only way out but didn't want the God who got them out. It's Aaron, 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 giving people golden calves to dance around in the name of worshiping God. That's where we are in this day and age. You try to live for Jesus, it's not going to be the lost people give you a hard time. Well, I'm saved, and I don't see why you, I don't see why you have to do that. Well, guess what? We don't have to do it. We want to do it. Well, you know, my preacher, uh, my preacher smokes pot, my preacher drinks beer, my, my preacher wears mini skirts. Right. <laughs> he must, what's he kind of a, no, no, she's, she's a wonderful, I was witnessing a woman uh, Friday afternoon, she talking about, she, she attends a First Baptist Church, and, and, and her pastor, she, she said that her pastor is, is one of the nicest women she's ever met. And you used to be able to use that thing, we don't, how can a woman be a pastor? She's got to be the husband of one wife, but that, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't always work anymore either. Because <laughs> she might be. <laughs> do you, look, do you understand that there are a lot of people who wanted to get saved from hell and wanted to go to heaven? And trusted Jesus because he was the only way and they believe that. But they don't want him governing them once they're saved. That's the warning of 1 Corinthians 10. That's the admonition of Hebrews 32. Now, they set up, make us gods which shall go before us. (laughs) The only way a God you make with your hands can go before you is if you're pushing him. They want a God they can push around. Look, he, he's, that golden calf is not going to walk. That golden calf is not going to fly. The only way that God can go before them is if they push him around. In this modern generation, they're okay with God as long as he's a God they can push around. And if, if, if their God starts pushing back, they're done with him. That's why, that's why you meet a lot of people that really enjoyed what we said this morning because it was a Bible and not really enjoy what we're saying tonight, but it's the Bible. Because that God who's faithful to me, that God who's faithful to keep his promises to me, I like him. But that God who says, I don't want you dancing naked in front of a golden calf. Well, well who, who, who's God to tell me what to do? My God lets me push him around. Well, you made that God. 
He's not the creator of the heavens and the earth. You, you made him. All right. Number five. We only got six. Don't panic. Up make us gods which should go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt. Man, they don't even acknowledge what God's done for them. I sure got lucky. I sure caught a break. The stars sure lined up good for me. People enjoy the blessings of God every single day, but they won't give Him credit for them. They won't give Him the honor. They won't give Him the glory. Moses did not bring the plagues. Moses did not smite the firstborn. Moses did not part the Red Sea waters. They have shamefully disregarded the Most High God immediately after He'd done so much for them. You know why the Bible says in everything give thanks? So you don't forget where your blessings came from. You know why the Bible says we're to live in a continual ongoing spirit of thanksgiving and of praise and of gratitude to God? Because if, if not, you're going to tend to think that what things just fell out that way. Things just happened that way. And as I'm telling you, it's a blessing of God upon our lives. Things go well. All right, number, number six. As this Moses brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not what has become of him. If I didn't even slow down to point out that's an archaic word, uh, you wouldn't have even noticed that there was a word in your Bible that you hadn't seen before because you know exactly what it means when you read it. We what not what has become of him. We, we don't know where he went. Everybody knows that when they read that verse. Well, <laughs> did you look for him? Oh, we don't know where Moses went. Well, did you, did you look for him? I mean, at least when Elijah got taken up to heaven in the chariot, at least the prophets, school of the prophet went out and looked for him. <laughs> they didn't find him. They weren't going to, but at least, at least they gave it a good shot. Did you, in, did you pray? I mean, you can hear the voice of God right up on the mountain. He's right there. Why don't you ask, where's Moses? <laughs> God, what happened to Moses? Because <laughs> truth be told, he was always a little too strict for him anyway. If you go back and read the first 31 chapters of Exodus, he never really had much support among the people. Have you read it? Most come in there and say, hey fellas, God, God sent me and I'm going to go in there and tell Pharaoh to, to let you go. Oh, yeah, whatever. Heard that before. Every four years, some guy comes around here telling us that. <laughs> we vote for him and nothing happens. And so Moses goes in, and he, and he brings a, a plague, and Pharaoh's magicians bring a plague, and Moses goes back and says, hey, we're going to be free. It's free. Why don't you get out of town, man? You're messing things up here. Right? Pharaoh got angry. Remember, he took away the, the straw to make the bricks with, and the people murmuring, complaining, and, and wanting to kill Moses. They, they never wanted Moses for their leader. God gave them Moses for their leader. And the fact that he's gone really doesn't seem to be bothering anybody. 
It's almost like the sooner we can replace him, the happier we're all going to be. Because, you know, uh, he's just got all these, well, you know, he's just kind of, he's old school and all. We get that. But it's, you know, this is a different time. I mean, back when Moses brought him out of Egypt, I mean, that was was like 40 some days ago. Times have changed. You know, what you, you know what you find as you read the rest of Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy? They were out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't out of them. And they wanted Egyptian worship, and they wanted Egyptian lifestyle, and they wanted Egyptian garments, and they wanted Egyptian... Now I'm telling you right now, from one end of this country to the other are people who have been saved by the grace of God because they put their faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, but they have no desire whatsoever to live a life that God wants them to live. They want, they want Egypt's worship. They want Egypt's morals. They want Egypt's fashion. They want Egypt's music. They loved Egypt. If you could have just taken that whip off their back, they'd have stayed there forever. And most people in your town, and you know this is true, because when Aaron offers it to them, they eat it up. If they could escape hell and then never hear from God again, they'd be okay with that. You don't believe it? You start a church that teaches the Bible. And you'll struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle for years. And maybe, maybe it'll grow, maybe it won't. But you start a place, you you rent a building, you put Egypt's music here and Egypt's dancing girls here and Egypt's morals in the pulpit. And you just get a guy to stand in that pulpit and say, I've made a God that you can push around. And it'll go to 200 to 400 to 600, 800 to 1,000 quicker than you can blink an eye. Saying all those people aren't saved? I'm not saying they aren't saved. A lot of them are saved, and a lot of them trusted Jesus as their Savior. They just don't want the God that delivered them from hell to have any say in how they live their life. That's a warning. We want not what has become of him. Well, did you did you inquire the Lord? These aren't the words of a people seeking Moses or concerned about his presence or his well-being. These are people looking for an excuse to replace Moses, God, and, and and God's chosen man with an idol. Now, it's hard not to think of the situation with Jesus. Like Moses, he's departed and he's gone to the heavenly Mount Zion. Like Moses, he has said he will return. Like Moses, he's been gone longer than his followers anticipated. Like the people of Exodus 32, rather than waiting patiently and obediently for the coming again of the one they trusted, the majority of professing Christians have come up with one crazy idea after another, substituting sin or folly or idolatry for the Lord Jesus. When rebuked for their errors, you can almost hear them say, But as for this Jesus, we know not what has become of him. 
I think we need to think on these things. Now that I'm saved, do I want to devote my life to the God who saved me? Or did I just want to escape hell? Now that I'm on my way to the promised land, do I want to substitute God of my own making who won't interfere with my life? Or do I want to follow that pillar of cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night and walk in the ways of the Lord my Redeemer? You know know what the warning is to the New Testament Christian? The warning is that every one of us has something inside us that would prefer a golden calf to a living God. And we've been told to study this chapter carefully lest what happened to those people happen to us. And by the help and grace of God, that's what, that's what we intend to do in the next couple of weeks here. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you. For, for giving us a balanced view. Your faithfulness and, and, and all the good this morning and then your faithfulness in all the admonition tonight. And help us, Father, to rejoice in the one as we did the other. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Singing together, number 332. If you'd like to come and pray, you're welcome to do so as we sing. 332. Some are coming already. Why don't you join them?
those of you listening at home, we're, we're praying for you to, to get well and hope that you will soon. Don't forget the bulletins in the lobby and the sign-up sheet for the wedding. Hope everybody has a great and healthy week and you are dismissed. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.